This week we have Gavin Bell, Edinburgh-based businessman, expert when it comes to Facebook ads and building funnels. We're talking about um, building funnels to get customers in, to make money online, even if you're a traditional business. How do you make a funnel to get more clients through the door? He's a speaker, he's a vlogger, he's helped manage and generate millions of pounds for clients through these techniques and he's going to share some of his wisdom. This is not a podcast to just get you motivated and inspired. This podcast comes with the sole purpose to discuss strategies that we can all implement into our business right now that can increase how much money we earn. We'll hear from successful business people about marketing, sales, recruitment, training and mindset. The key principles to grow a business, make it recession proof and thrive in today's business world. Okay, Gavin, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I mean, um, so what I want to do two things. I want to just say how I came about your stuff and then also just tell you a little bit about weekly business talk and why we're doing what we do. So I we started the, the type of vlogging and podcasting and kind of the personal branding thing just over a year ago. And... Obviously, there's tons of people in the States that are that are doing it, doing it very well. There is also people in the UK, but there's more, far more in the States doing it very well. And I was looking for someone, not just in the UK, but is there any other Scottish people that are, you know, focusing on personal branding and particularly video and particularly vlogs? Because it is a bit of a strange thing. Um, and I came across yourself. And of course, I know you started to do the Scottish and the kind of touring about Scotland and showcasing that, but with your main skill set being in the, the business space, particularly social media and building funnels, uh, naturally as a business owner, I thought, well, that, that got my attention. And so I wanted to explore that. So delighted that you're able to join us and you're happy to join us. And really, with Weekly Business Talk, we've got a whole load of listeners, mainly small and medium-sized business owners, and they get the usual things. People want to know about, about marketing as a whole, sales as a whole, sales cycles, leadership, recruitment, hiring, firing, management stuff, just literally just want to talk about business and kind of all the day-to-day stuff, but particularly get away the tactical stuff. And just before we're talking there, we were speaking about like say funnels and, and things of that nature and although I'm aware of what they are, the actual the mechanics of them, I'm not familiar with them. So hopefully you can share some of your, your wisdom on that. But first of all, you know, what, what is the, what's Gavin Bell's sort of two or three minute bio then? How, where did it start? Because you're obviously a young guy, for those that don't know you. Uh-huh. What age are you? 25. 25. So yeah. where did it start and, and, and how did you get to here? Yeah, it started um, when I was 14. It's probably the first sign, symptom of uh, being an entrepreneur. I built my first website right. selling random stuff on uh, eBay. So that so, was your website, you built to sell stuff? Yes, pretty okay. much. So it was a drop shipping business. Excellent. So buy well don't buy product sell product yeah when somebody buys it then get the wholesaler to send it direct to them so did that also went on family holidays would buy fake armani belts sell them on ebay just anything i could do cutting neighbors grass um, and did that like i say since 14 and that kind of process of making money and being i wasn't self-employed i was still at school but that yeah. idea Kind of making your own money, being responsible for your own earnings, that type of yeah, mindset. Yeah, totally. Like 
it's maybe stereotypical being Scottish, but just like having freedom yeah. to do what I want, when I want. Yeah. And I've never liked rules. Didn't yeah. like school. My parents said black, I'd say white, just complete opposite. And um, that kind of took me to leaving school, wanted to run my own business, didn't want to go to university, which is kind of what was being pushed towards me. Yeah. Found a course down, down in uh, Manchester, year-long course, which was called Peter Jones Enterprise Academy. Uh, where you went down with a business idea and the whole year was meant to be to create that business to set up so when you're learning about marketing you're marketing that business and that Peter jo- that is Dragon's Den Peter Jones yeah perfect yeah. so right. not, you're not being taught specifically by him yes uh, but it's his his academy his of sorts so, so is, is that a kind of commercial thing he's got or is it more like a, this is a way of giving back to young business people I think it's probably him trying to get an MBE yeah, um, yeah possibly but uh, yeah it's got his name attached and it's pro. I don't know anymore, but at the time it was definitely the most practical business thing. So yeah. I grew up in the Shetland Islands, yeah. and it was too remote to live there and set something up. In in my opinion, for me, and I didn't know anyone down south. I was an eighteen year old guy, didn't yeah. know what I was doing. So that felt like a good thing for me to do. Perfect. So I went down, uh, set up a business where I was putting personal trainers into corporate environments to run corporate well being sessions and that business did okay. Moved to Edinburgh five, six years ago. That business kind of lost a little bit of interest and saw an opportunity when I was working with personal trainers, had relationships with them, saw that they were terrible at marketing. Like they were going after 50 year old women that wanted to lose a little bit of weight, but their Instagram was six pack abs and broccoli. It was like, yeah. that message doesn't, doesn't work. So I was like, okay, this is something that I can help with. And I've got the contacts, so I did that. Decided one day that I was going to launch it, a social media management agency, launched it, and from there, kind of slowly moved into the Facebook ad space, and slowly then starting to move into the funnel space, which we spoke about before coming on air. So yeah. it's been a, like this whole entrepreneurial thing started very, very young, but it's just been a constantly adapting, evolving thing, as I'm sure is the same with you. Let's just start right there. What is a funnel for those that, go, I know I run a business, uh, I know I need clients, but uh, what is a funnel? How, how does that all relate? Yeah, well, I think it think, I think the term gets a bad stick mm. sometimes. So people will think it's like a guru-y, jargony yes. term, online marketing, affiliate, you, you think of all the- Network kind of, marketing. You think of all the yeah. bad things. Yeah. But for me, a funnel is essentially just the process of somebody being a stranger to your business, working with through the stages, and then becoming a customer. So yeah. how do we get someone that doesn't know who we are to become a customer? And if we can do that at a profit, then you've got a scalable, consistent business. Yeah. If I know, for example, that I spend £10 in ads and I acquire £100 worth of sales, profitable business, yeah. scalable, you spend as much money as you possibly can because you know it's making profit. So a funnel is just those steps. Okay. So when it comes to do we need a funnel, actually I say everybody has one. So if you're an e-commerce site, your funnel is somebody comes to the website, looks at a product, adds to cart, initiates checkout, purchases. If you're an agency, it might be someone comes to the website, fills in a form, books in a phone call, becomes a customer. Yeah. So, so those a sales process that way? It's essentially a sales process. Those yeah. are the things. But the way that I like to look at it from a funnel perspective is, okay, so let's say 100% of people come to our website, 50% view a product, 10% add to cart, 2%, initiate checkout and only 0.5% buy. If we look at that and we look at the numbers, then we can go, right, so 
what part's not working? Why is why are 10% of people initiating checkout but 0.5% of people are buying? What can we do on that initiate checkout process to improve that? Yeah. So do we change the copy? Do we change the color? Do we change the design? When, when we talk about funnel, it's almost like it's a mixture of the sales process with our marketing, with our conversion rate optimization. All these things kind of join into one. And improving them. And, and that's something we quite often talk about is is trying to just have, because I don't think quite often there's any huge changes that need to happen in these things, but it's just about changing the copy, changing the layout, possibly the colours. Am I right in saying that all those things happen, even if it's on a contact page or the copy in a Facebook ad, all of those things matter and it's all about trial and testing and Yeah, and totally. So like, I'll give you a, a prime example, my own uh, membership. So we launched it on ClickFunnels because it was an easy thing to do and we were running ads to literally just the homepage and we're getting people to buy at a profit, great. We then moved over to WordPress and the checkout page changed slightly um, and the conversions completely dropped. It was the same content, but it was designed slightly differently. And so what we did was we put on a piece of software called Hotjar, which allows you to heat map the page. Yeah. So you can see what people are doing, how they're filling it out, what they're reading, etc and found that 100% of people on mobile devices were clicking on the menu before going and actually checking out, which right. meant they were coming to the checkout page and then rather than filling in their forms, yeah, immediately get off there. they were going off. And like if we didn't have that piece of software and we weren't focusing on those numbers, that's something that we would overlook and you're losing out on cash, you're losing out on, on business. That's, I mean, and is that, I mean, you briefly touched on your membership program, is that exactly what that is then? It's so that you're training people to not only be, a, and this of course, you know, by default, you'll be talking about your membership program and everything, but is that what you're training people on now is like heat maps, what they are, how they work and why they're important versus the copy, where to put it, is all of that stuff so you cover pretty, all the, yeah. Pretty much. It's for like a lot of businesses and I've been there, and freelancers, personal brands, which I'm sure we'll touch on, they live in a world of feast and famine. Yeah. So it's... We do everything we can to get clients, we get clients, then we forget that we have to do business development, the, the relationship with the client comes to an end and we've got no business. So we start that process again. Yeah. So it's like bank balance just goes like this. If we had a system, a funnel in place that was generating leads or at least traffic onto our website, then we've got an element of consistency there. So it's taking all of that and trying to package it into step-by-step -step process. And you mentioned kind of like an agency um, and you spoke about like to the personal trainer space before we came on air, um, but would these things work even with what I would call a traditional business, maybe the old-fashioned one, we're, we've got a lot of interest in the legal and financial services, so like an accountancy business. Do these things work in that type of business? Yeah, totally, and it's maybe looking at it in a slightly different way. So if we took an accountancy business, for example, like maybe your funnel would look something along the lines of uh, we're creating video content that's teaching people, business owners, about the numbers, yeah. general content, and then we send people to a free guide which is maybe something like um, 10 ways to stay legal with HMRC, just yeah. making it up, which we want, you want to create things that only the people that are your perfect customers would consume. So you might not get hundreds of thousands of people downloading it, you might not have a massive mailing list, but if you've got 100 people downloading a guide on how to stay legal from HMRC as a small business, you know the people downloading that are small businesses that are interested in staying legal HMRC. That then gives us a list of potential customers. We then might have a next step, which is booking a free consultation 
with an accountant to make sure that you're making as much money as you possibly can. Yeah. And then that would then be the conversion into trying to get them onto a retainer, for example. So, so because I've always probably been guilty of thinking a lot of the the businesses that that, that I'm involved in is where there is it's not possible to let's say conclude the sale via internet so like a membership program people can consume your videos there's lots of them read a lot of the the written content that you have and then online sign up on a website we, we can't do that yeah so as even the conversion as you said you have the account it can be we get them really interested next minute they send us an inquiry so that we then give them a phone and invite them in or, or have that's still yeah. that funnel process exactly that so if we think about I like to think about commitment levels. So let's say that we're an agency and our package is £5,000 a month. You're never going to be able to run a Facebook ad and get somebody to sign up to a five grand yeah. a month package from an ad. Yeah. Not going to happen. So we need to look at, we like, look to, like to look at it is what is our sales process look like typically? Yeah. So if it's a five grand package, it's probably going to be something along the lines of we have to meet with that person before the meeting is a phone call. So from a Facebook ad point of view, you're Thing that you're trying to get and achieve the conversion is the phone call yeah how can we get people onto a phone call and before that we might have to provide video content a webinar training yeah. to get them to commit to taking a phone call so what is the smallest commitment level we need to get that person to take yeah and we use that as the ad the offer in the ad and then the whole like if we get someone on a phone call the process after that is all off of facebook but you're totally right like you're not going to get a massive deal from one Facebook ad. Yeah. That might happen initially from a Facebook ad, but two years worth of networking, relationship building, conversations with that person might then result in that. Yeah, because I certainly find myself sometimes these things are all about just putting content everywhere, getting people familiar with uh, you, and then it might be the Facebook ad that eventually just sends them over the line and starts the, the process going. But it doesn't need to be Facebook is what we're saying. It no. can be any other social media platform it can be articles it can be you know newsletters from from your any of those things 100 percent. like i or all of them i always say if you can do all of them at good quality then do that yeah most people can't yeah but like i got access to linkedin live yesterday went live on linkedin straight away because i know that's going to be an opportunity yeah and got something like six thousand views 100 likes, 100 comments or something Perfect. ridiculous. Yeah. So now I'm going to be doing that every day yeah. and creating almost a LinkedIn live show because I know not many people have it yes. and I want to take advantage of that early access to it. That then might get people DMing me on LinkedIn. How do you work, Gav? Well, why don't you book in a free phone call? Yeah. And then that starts that part of the process. Yeah. So they're coming from LinkedIn rather than So Facebook. no Facebook ad, LinkedIn live, curious message, probably similar to the way that I reached out to you and then and off the process goes. Exactly. And that that is still the funnel. It just doesn't start from a Facebook ad. So technically the funnel can come from, the top side of it can come from definitely there's Facebook, LinkedIn Live, doing a keynote at a networking event or, or whatever it may be, uh, doing a free gig of sorts anyway to then get people to fill yeah. it in. I mean, if, if you think about an actual funnel, yeah. like if, if you have 100,000 people at the top that have consumed your videos, you're yes. going to maybe get 1,000 people to download your free guide, then maybe 100 people booking in a call, then maybe 10 people will become clients. Yeah. I'm just making those numbers up. Of course. But that's kind of what the, you're looking at. Yeah. And is the free, I mean, because you see the free giveaway everywhere, the free download, is that kind of, is something, is the free element of it, from a persuasive, persuasion perspective, is that important to it? Do you need to have a giveaway? You don't necessarily need to, but it massively helps, yeah. especially if we're going to an audience, people that don't know who we are. 
Because when somebody sees us for the first time, if we use Facebook ads as an example, they don't know who we are, they don't care who we are. And so we need to create something that makes them care who we are. And that's when we create something that's of value and give it away for free because we're creating something of mutual interest. So if I've got a free guide on Facebook ads and it's targeted to small business owners, the Facebook ads problem that they're facing is that mutual interest that I have with them. So they then download that guide and then that allows me to start communicating mm -hmm. to that person. I could sell them a 100 pound course, for example, but if they don't know who I am, yeah, it's gonna be very difficult to yeah. get them to, to do that. So what we might do is free guide and then if we've got an audience, people that have watched our videos, been on our website, we can maybe retarget them with ads with a sales-based offer because they already know who I am and so I don't need to do that persuasion part. Yeah, Facebook does allow you a lot of that flexibility, doesn't it? The targeting of it, I, if I understand correctly, is, is well, can be pretty niche. You can go, you can narrow things right down. Is that right with Facebook? Yeah. Oh my. Oh my God. It's amazing. So, if you're a bar in Edinburgh, you can target University of Edinburgh students with an ad that says, "Hey, are you an Edinburgh uni student? Do you want to come for a free drink?" Simple do that every Friday night you're going to get students in your bar they're going to buy more than one drink yeah easy yeah um, I can target small business owners and then from a retargeting point of view I can target people that have watched my videos on Facebook been on my website watched my videos on Instagram engaged with my Instagram or on my mailing list so many opportunities yeah. it's it's still at a point it's gonna get. There's gonna be a point where it's not as good as it is right now, but it's still at a point where it's just so powerful. Yeah, I suppose it's the same as the email newsletter. Yeah, going back a decade ago, you know, maybe maybe more than that, uh, and, and now it's not as powerful as it once was. Obviously, far from it, uh, and and the new sort of technologies coming about and then in another decade there'll be something else of course that's coming about so it's about staying current really um, you, you spoke there about LinkedIn and LinkedIn Live um, how did you find the, the, the so it's not available to everybody is it? No it's only it's select, it's select yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just went on LinkedIn and uh, there's a little box on the left hand side that said go live yeah pretty much and I was like hell yeah Yeah, I um, so they had to download some extra piece of software and went live and because it's such a new feature LinkedIn are over indexing that on the algorithm so like pretty much all of my connections would have got a notification to be like Gavin Bell is now live yeah. so as soon as I went live yesterday I had like 30 people on because um, it's new and they're going, what the hell is this? What's yeah, and, and I was only planning to go for two minutes, but I went for ten because people were people I have no idea who who they are were yeah. asking me questions like, where do you expect to be in five years' time and wow. stuff? And like, I was just like, this is a big opportunity. Yeah, um, LinkedIn in itself right now is a massive opportunity because this like the algorithm you can get so much more reach for than like Facebook. Um, so, and and it comes back to. These changes. Whenever there's a change, Instagram bringing out IGTV, yeah. LinkedIn Live. When Facebook came, uh, brought out Live. When these new features come, they always over-index them in the platform on the algorithm. Purely to try and get some traction on it, and then yeah. get interest. Okay, and, and that's a bit as we LinkedIn. That's right when you want to go and take advantage of it. Yeah. Six, eighteen months time, LinkedIn won't be as powerful as it is right now. Yeah. No, there's there's no secret. There's obviously some big big players, and and I believe you're a fan of like Gary V. Uh, he's quite openly spoke about LinkedIn right now where there is huge, huge growth. Why is that? 
but why is the that there's such a great opportunity versus a Facebook right now with LinkedIn? Is it because of there's less people on it, or you know, what? What is the reason? It's like a, it's, it's almost a maturity thing. So if we take like Facebook for example, back when Facebook first started, it would have been the same. Yeah. You get a ton of reach for your posts. More and more and more people come on the platform, and so you start to get less of a reach as the algorithm tries to make you as a user have the best experience possible. LinkedIn's kind of going through that right now. Right. They were acquired by Microsoft, however many years it was. Um, and just on the algorithm point of view right now, you can just get a ton of reach. Yeah. Like a simple text post or a video just goes much yeah. further. And there's, there's gonna reach a point where that stops, more advertisers come to LinkedIn and it just becomes saturated like Facebook is. Um, but right now it's not. How, how do you, because I always feel that um, when you go, I, I don't know if you're the same, right, but I, I, I'm very selective about when I go on social media, what I follow uh, or who I follow, and and and, I, and it kind of frustrates me sometimes when there's like meaningless posts, and maybe I'm being a bit hard, but I, I, I don't like, I like to get some good quality stuff. I don't like just the general chat or question. How do you come up with your content and, and make it really engaging or is there a balance? How often should we do it and, and how do you come up with that? Yeah, so I think there's a mixture. Like I think as a general business point of view advice here, easiest content strategy ever to create is just ask yourself, what questions do we get asked as a business all the time? List them all. It's gonna be things like, how much does it cost? Why do you do this? What's the, who are your competitors? All those, like just, list those so literally just list them out yeah because relevant to what you're looking to try and because that's what somebody's searching for yeah. on Google like if you're buying a swimming pool you're going to type on Google how much does a swimming pool cost yeah if you're a swimming pool company you want to be number one most people aren't doing that um, so that's a very very basic content so strategy. that would I mean, if we take the swimming pool analogy there how much does it cost how much does it take to maintain how do you clean a swimming pool do you need insurance all of that Fiberglass pools versus concrete pools. Yeah. yeah. Do you need planning permission for this? Yeah. Pool? So, like, one of my friends has actually done that. Yeah. And so he's called Marcus. He's got a swimming pool company over in the States. And he um, created a blog post. Before blog posts and content marketing was a thing, he saw that he was getting asked, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? All the time. Nobody had answered that online before because nobody likes speaking about how much things cost. Yeah. It depends. He wrote it, that article to this day ranks number one for that term and has generated something about $3 million worth of sales. So One article. One article. Which took him an hour or so. Probably, yeah. yeah. So it's not that easy anymore, but there's yeah. still industries where, like if you're an electrician in Edinburgh and started answering all these questions about electricians in Edinburgh, who are the best electricians, who are the cheapest electricians, who are the most expensive electricians in Edinburgh, no one else is doing that. Yeah. And if you're the first person to do it, like that's all you need to do from a marketing point of view, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So if you're a PT or you're you're, a, you're running a, an agency, like a social media agency, it is saturated. There's a lot doing that. But in some of the other industries, for example, we're in the let's just say the legal. Let's just take the legal industry for example, solicitors, uh, in the main. Um, you don't find many solicitors doing that type of thing. No. So therefore, there is a there is a market there. There is a bigger opening than say being a PT for example. Yeah, but even even if you're a personal trainer, if somebody's looking for a personal trainer, they go to Google, they type in probably something like best PT Edinburgh. Yeah, they're probably not doing the best job they can either, is that? No. Yeah. yeah, so like, if I'm looking for a PT, 
I'm going to look and let's say I want to gain muscle. I'm going to type in something like best muscle gain PT Edinburgh. Yeah. It's going to be my Google search term. There's probably not a blog post there that is titled who are the best muscle gain personal trainers in Edinburgh. If there was, they would rank number one on Google and they so would get all that Can traffic. you literally write an article then? I mean, is this, is this what a little bit... Uh, a little bit sort of uh, dirty, dirty tactics. If you wrote an article, top five PTs in Edinburgh, and then you put yourself at number one, and you do list another four men or women, but you're number one, and there's no actual. I mean, can you do that? Yeah, I mean, I would. Is, is that is that is that a bit naughty? Is that frowned upon, or is that? I, I mean, you could you could do it. I I would probably, just from my perspective, probably want to go down the route of saying. I know, as a customer, you're searching for the best personal trainers in Edinburgh. I've created a list of the top five and their details are below. And then I'd list five and then I'd probably say something at the bottom like, we also do this or whatever. Yeah. I probably wouldn't make it as like, we're number one yeah, as yeah. that, but you could. Yeah, you could technically yeah. do that there. Okay then. And, and is there any other, I mean, we spoke there about Facebook Live. Um, sorry, a LinkedIn wife. Is there any other ones that are around the corner that you're aware of that you know people should be aware of? Is you know is, is Twitter going to make a resurgence? Is that still worthwhile doing? Is Instagram at something new? Is there any other platforms or things happening? Or is LinkedIn wife? I think Instagram TV is interesting yeah. right now. Um, I've, from my experience, posting a video on IGTV with a preview of that video into the feed yeah. performs better than just a video in the feed. So I'm quite interested in that. LinkedIn, just native video yeah. as well. I'm a big fan of Facebook video, but not necessarily from an organic point of view, but using that uh, video. And, and see when you say promote. native, sorry, just just so th- that there is, do you have to record on the LinkedIn app or is it record on your phone, but upload the video through LinkedIn? Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. So you can do that. What I just don't, don't post your YouTube link. Yes. Right. Okay. Never do that. Yeah. The platforms, generally speaking all have the same goals more people on the platform spending more time on the platform because it means more ad revenue for them so anything you can do from a content perspective that keeps people on the platform they like they're going to like which means you get more reach yeah if you're linking off to youtube you're taking people off the platform they don't like that so they're going to restrict your reach and so that's why like facebook live performs generally better from a reach perspective than normal video because the attention on Facebook Live is generally more yeah and video performs better than images because the attention is generally more it's all about attention and keeping people's yeah. eyes on the platform because then they can run ads and that's where they make their money of yeah. course alright and um, talking about all this content and regardless of the platform that you decide to post on how, how do you, you the way like you, for example you've seen LinkedIn Live and you just went on to it and there was a question you probably asked yourself and you thought we'll talk about that but how do you normally make your content do you um, I mean do you sit down to then plan it or what if, if you you know what left here today and you say I was at a podcast is it just spontaneous that way or do you have a strategic planning every week I'm going to do so how, how do you go about doing that so there's a general mixture yeah. so after today and probably after this I'll take a couple of pictures videos for like Instagram stories probably an Instagram post for tonight um, but then like my larger pieces of content so videos and blogs and soon-to-be podcasts are all planned out so right. and that and my membership content is all planned out of course so try I generally try and plan out like three to six months in advance that always changes 
And that's the bigger pieces of content. Yeah. Okay. So what, what I'm what I'm kind of trying to do, and, and this is a, a almost a, a new process for me, so I'm still working it myself, is looking at my content in seasons, uh, and also basing that off the membership content. So an example being, if I'm creating a course, which I am right now on within the membership, so private content on Instagram marketing. How do we run? Uh, how how do we make Instagram work for us? That's my private content and that's really like technical how-tos. Then my public content, so the blogs and videos might be more general but Instagram related. So it might be things like five ways to improve your Instagram oh, yeah. profile. So, so all- you'll make that public to everybody? Yeah. But then you'll have some stuff that's really yeah. a deep dive on. So the, so the plan is people come to see the five kind of general Instagram tips and then if you want 10 more tips, you can get that inside the membership. That's the general plan, and my uh, member. So that, so my public content stems from my membership content, and my membership content stems from what my members want. Got you. So I ask the members what do they want in a poll. They give me bim bim bim. So that basically, like I think, um, I asked them two weeks ago. I gave them eight topics, and they basically ranked them. So that gives me my. Yeah. Um, like content market research, yeah, pretty much. That, yeah. So it's like organic content. Then they want to learn about AdWords. Then they want to learn about SEO, for example. So that then steers my my public content, and that's a new process for me. But that's kind of what I'm working towards. And then when I'm thinking about probably month in advance, I'm going right. What blogs should I write? What videos should I make? And that is kind of taking those things like Instagram and looking at keywords and trying to find potential areas that people aren't. And is that looking at the things that maybe people are asking there's not much on and also the current topics right now? Exactly, yeah. Okay, um, how did you come up with, I really like this video, it was actually one of the better videos I, I've seen in general online in a while, um, your personality one. Uh, yeah. That done well, surely. It did, yeah. yeah. So that so was... Tell, for those, that, again, that haven't seen it, I mean, I, you should go and look at it, but what was that? Yeah, so it was a 40 second video or something which basically uh, just took the piss out of some of the different personalities that you see on LinkedIn. And um, I love the Jag one. (laughs) (laughs) So that actually stemmed from uh, seeing a comment on LinkedIn or a post on LinkedIn, somebody talking about um, people making LinkedIn videos in their cars with terrible angles. Yeah. It was a comment or something. I was like, that's a funny idea. Yeah. And then I thought, what are the other personalities that you get on LinkedIn? And that was something that wasn't planned. That was literally like, I had the idea and I made it and I posted it. And you're like, on the phone, just post it, chop it together and that's it out there. Exactly that. And um, because it's then got like really good engagement, I posted it on Instagram, did well on Instagram, posted it on my stories, did well there. Um, I'm now going to go and create some, some other kind of comedic. And, and will you put some budget behind that one? Because I think that is a, that's a real good one. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's... It's funny, it's different, it's... What what works really well on platforms is when you create something that's contextual to the platform. Yeah. So that's a, a LinkedIn video that I posted on LinkedIn about people on LinkedIn. And something that most people on LinkedIn can resonate with because yeah. they understand the different personalities. Yeah. So it's... If I was to do... Like the next idea I want to do is like an Instagram entrepreneur's spoof video. Yeah. And post that on Instagram. With the with the the Lambo and the yeah, yeah. like girls Lambo yeah. notes and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's just those types of things are just fun. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Yeah, I think there's a 
um, when you're someone someone like me that just loves content creation, uh, some of it is business driven, but some of it's just a bit of fun as well. Which is an indirect way to drive business, of yeah, course. Exactly. How often should we be posting? I mean, me and Matthew have had this talk before about oh, maybe we should only do maybe like three times a week. Um, but then I've had somebody like a Gary V saying, "No, no, listen, three times a day." <laughs> um, like as, as if we've all got like a team of fifteen people yeah. there or something. Um, but but what what what? Forgetting what our resources are, because there's nothing stopping us right now making one, and technically that didn't cost much or, or take much time. But w- w- how often should we be posting to really get any kind of momentum? Yeah, well, every time I watch Gary V, I feel bad about myself because <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You yeah. should be posting a hundred times a day." Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I always so when I posted Scottish-based content, and it was me going out in Scotland, I found it very easy to go viral because I. Because I was posting it and I was getting a ton of reach on Facebook, we're talking like, I think I had four videos that were over 250,000 views. Yeah. So I, I kind of found a process that worked there. And my process there was posting once a week at the same time. And it worked for me and my philosophy behind that was always, like with the algorithms, I'm a bit nervous about posting things that might not get might not go down well from an algorithm point of view because it might then ruin my reach for when I post something that's going to be good. Then you have Gary Vee that says you need to be posting a hundred times a day. And forget about the quality, just just volume stuff out. Yeah. So I kind of come under the opinion of like everyone's going to have different resources. Mm. Um, I had a video guy that made it a lot easier. Now I've got an office with a setup that's pretty easy to make content. So, it's. I feel it's as many times as you can possibly put out quality content is the way that I would try and explain yeah. it. So, if you can post a nice, and and quality is going to be subjective as well. Of course. So, who's your customer? Who's the audience? If you can put out every single day something that's valuable to them, and you've got the resource and time to do that, then great. If you don't, then you need to think about well. Are we going to do twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, whatever it works for you? I'd imagine. Does consistency matter though? Like, if you're going to do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you start then doing a Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, is that. I don't think so. I think the argument that people will make about that is people come to expect time that you're posting. I think that only really matters when you're. Uh, yeah, huge. And I've done it. Yeah. I mean, I've like, oh, see, oh, he's not posted yet. What the hell's happening? Yeah. So I have done it myself, so I can relate to that. But only when you've got like maybe a yeah. large following. Like, I know that my audience wouldn't care if I didn't post on a Tuesday at three p.m. Yeah. For example, so I don't really care about that. If you get to the point where you tell your audience that you're posting on a Tuesday at seven p.m. and you've got ten million subscribers, it's maybe a different story. Of course. At the same time, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. I think it's just a. I think consistency matters, but not from because of that, but more from a point of if you post a picture on Instagram and you post one once a week and it gets 2,000 impressions, you're getting 2,000 impressions a week. If you do five posts a week and they get 2,000 impressions, it's 10,000 impressions. By the end of the year, that's a massive difference in the number of people that have seen your yeah. content. So I think consistency is important from that point. And I'm actually kind of moving more towards not caring about the vanity metrics behind what I'm posting. Um, I was very, very metrics driven with the Scottish content, but moving more towards the point of, like, I, I just don't care. 
and I'll post what I want to post and enjoy posting, but also what I think my audience will enjoy. Yeah. And even if they're not engaging with it from a liking, comment, sharing point of view, I know they're still looking at it, which is part of the puzzle. But at the same time, you do want to get that kind of shareable content. But if we take go back to the, the LinkedIn video example, that LinkedIn personalities video is one that will get shared and commented on and liked because it's a kind of viral, funny thing. But it's not necessarily uh, valuable in the sense of getting someone to make a buying decision with my business. Yeah. If I make a buying decision type post, which is maybe like, how much does it cost to outsource your Facebook ads? That won't get shared and liked and commented, but I know the smaller audience that are watching that and reading it are yeah, considering buying that, yeah. that product. So it's, you know what, There's it's hard. There's no right or wrong answer. And it's, I think the majority of people that are listening and watching this will from my experience, will probably be like, God, I don't have time to make one video a week, never mind 10. And for people like that, I would say just try and commit to doing like a two minute video per week yeah, and just start. So that, that I could really say, I think, I, we had the conversation uh, with, uh, with a kind of real master of the telephone in terms of selling and booking appointments. And, and, and one of the things we came to the conclusion was is that the reason people don't like it is just because they don't ever really properly prepare. Mm. And, and I think similar to what we discussed there is people don't like or can never find the time to put in videos on is because they don't really ever commit to actually just persevering and doing it yep. uh, and, and programming it within their schedule. Um, which kind of relates on to, what, what, I mean, because I'm sure you've had it, I know I've had it, but what do you say to when you're putting yourself out there to the naysayers, to the kind of, you know, people that are negative and for those, what would you say to those people that are kind of holding back because they're just too embarrassed or they're just um, they're worried about what they, how they might come across yeah uh, what kind of advice would you provide to them like I've been there so my first video which is still on my channel and I talk about it every time I stand on stage I was so scared of what people would think and say that I took my phone into a forest and filmed my first video in a forest and I was speaking about Twitter followers and the video is awful like shockingly bad uh, but I started yeah. and that was like me off to the races and then I was like okay well nobody actually cared so I need to get better at this thing so I then started a uh, hundred vlogs hundred days challenge where literally every day I picked up my phone spoke to it didn't care about likes comments shares nothing it was just a process of getting better and just uploaded it and, and from then then I started to like ah, maybe I could learn how to edit a bit more maybe I could learn how to um, improve the storytelling in the video, yeah, all those types of things. If you're just starting, don't compare yourself to the likes of Gary V or people that are yeah. have been doing this for years. Like, you're in your own lane, and I would just say, at the end of the day, people don't care as much as you think they care. Yeah. So just publish something. Um, I I actually always often say, film a video and don't post it. Just get used to filming it. And keeping it on your own phone yeah and then do that for a week and then after the next week then commit to just posting on Facebook Post one of them on and then gradual steps that way there yeah because I, I totally get it the, the there's a fear of video there's a fear of cameras it's nerve-wracking to put yourself out there in the world but generally speaking you're normally um, worried about what friends and family would say and those people aren't paying your bills yeah if you're not putting out content that's value stuff that you know is valuable and 
it's going to be valuable if you're in business and if it's not then you shouldn't be in business yeah you're doing a disservice to your customers by Absolutely. not putting it out yeah so by, by being able to help people yeah I suppose that way you've got to almost reframe it's not really about you it's about the exactly. people that are watching uh, do, do Fred's obviously with us for those that are listening we, we quite often have a good laugh at the I, I, I don't know if you find this but because you'll still get naysayers and all the rest of it but we actually I actually start to enjoy the, the the comedy that comes with it after somebody says something to you uh, and says it, it gets to that stage where it really I mean listen nobody's ever said anything deeply uh, sinister or anything but I'm sure there is that exception but when someone just says oh, like it's crap or what is your particularly for us in Scotland, particularly the broad Glaswegian accent and the comment on that, it becomes quite fun. Yeah, oh. it, it, it does become like you get a bit of a laugh out of it. There's been times we have we have laughed about it. Yeah, totally. I don't get it anymore because um, my videos have changed. But when I did the Scottish content and yes. we were getting like millions of views a month, like oh my god, the abuse that I would get. <laughs> but as you say, like it's it maybe hurts a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, but you get to a point where it's like actually that comment where the guy called me a fud or something is a good piece of content yeah. like screenshot post it on Twitter yeah. post it on Instagram post it on LinkedIn it's like thank you for and, and here is a crazy one me and Fred were literally talking about this yesterday whilst they are obviously commenting LinkedIn, Facebook or whatever platform you're on thinks oh this is an interesting article people exactly, are communicating yeah. they're actually doing you a favour um, I get a so, lot of my ads like yeah. people comment on my ads saying like horrible things and I just go back to them and Coming and then, back and then because back and forth. yeah, because free engagement. Absolutely, um, yeah. That that's that. So so for those people that are um, you know scared off, uh, don't be because it happens to everybody, and actually it will start to it will start to um, wear off on you. It won't, yeah. it won't really and, like and affect you. You need to focus on the positives. Yeah. So back to the Scottish content. Um, Why did you do the Scottish content? What was the you know was that? I mean, where you try to go down the route of like I'm going to make money on YouTube, or was that just a little yeah, project it, which it was um, well just going back to that point the so I'd get the negative comments but you'd also get the comments which mm. was like these videos have changed my life yeah. and have helped me through anxiety and stuff yeah. those are the guys you have to focus on Absolutely. so focus on the positives but in terms of the, the videos so I think a year before I started the video the Scottish content I was doing like vlogs businessy kind of vlogs so just going in about my day and filming it and I think it was just one weekend. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna film my weekend for the crack. And we took the drone up Arthur's seat and I was filming with one of my mates who's also a vlogger in Edinburgh. And it got like um, shared on Edinburgh Evening News and the video got, I can't remember, let's say 20,000 views or something. So way more than I'd ever had before in the kind of business e-vlogs. And long story short is I just got addicted to the views. Yeah. And finding out how to get more views yeah and so i was like right so maybe i'll try film another outdoorsy video yeah. i did and it got more views and then i started watching other people that were doing it and trying to see like how long their videos were yeah how much face to camera there was and i found out that whenever the video was about me it got way less traction than when the video was about something else i.e uh hiking up yeah uh, monroe or something because people were interested in the Monroe, they weren't interested in me. Um, and so I just kept on doing it and getting more and more and more views. And then like I was on STV, speaking on a few stages and getting a couple of TV things from it. And I was like, this is great. And then I got to the end of last year and I was like, 
I'm not. This isn't like helping my business. Like I've, I've got two brands here. I've got like this business brand, which like I need, and then I've got this Scottish outdoorsy brand, and I was like, views and that are great, but they're not the right people. Yeah. And it just came to this realization, and I kind of had known this for a few months, but I was scared that if I posted a business post on my Facebook page, for example, I wouldn't get the reach and the comments and the likes and the shares, and I was scared about that. And then I got to the point last year where it's just like, you know what, I, I cannot do that. I can't, yeah. I can't be scared, I just need to post. Yeah. And now, to be honest, just trying to build that audience of... So even though you know you're not gonna get as many views just because it's not you, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's not, well, I suppose the big word, authentic, uh, although that's, I don't want to say it's not authentic, but it's, it's just not what you want to do 100% all the time. Business is your passion, your profession, and that's, that was more compelling just to say, less use, less maybe reach, but it's just what I want to do long term. It's like, um, it's like the girls on Instagram that take pictures of themselves naked to get more reach. Yeah. You get more likes. But you're getting creepy guys yeah and so when you come to release a beauty product because you think you're a big influencer now you don't have the right audience it's, it's a different marketplace yeah and it's exactly what i was doing is yeah. i was attracting an audience of old american ladies that are never going to buy my my product so whenever i'm running ads on facebook the quality of or the performance of the ads was never going to be as high as it should be so i actually ran a, an ad on facebook to people that liked my page saying please unlike my page if you've liked it for the Scottish content. And if you're not interested in the business content, please unlike my page. And I think we've got like two, 300 unlikes, but yeah. it's still like, still to this day, the, the reach that you get on businessy content just... Isn't it? Is it we, we do a lot of, so one of the kind of side projects that I am involved in and, and do, started as a passion, but now it has become financially worthwhile is property. Mm. And we get so much more engagement. Property seems to be this hot topic right now and, and, and our team are saying, let's do more property, but I, I just don't want to do it because I don't yeah. want to be known as a property guy, but it does get more. Yeah. I can't, I mean, we're kind of just filming my wife and so it's naturally part of it, but I just don't want to do like educational stuff on property because it's just not not me. Yeah. But I know I can get more reach and more views. It's that, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's like, I know I could go and post a video hiking and get 200k views yeah but it's not worthwhile yeah it's just a like the, audience. the maybe 400 views i get on a facebook ads video is actually more valuable than the 200,000. if i was a scottish tour guide then 200,000 views in that would be phenomenal yes but i'm not so yeah so so so, so we don't do that yeah um again i i want to come on to personal branding but just before we leave talking about views and because the first time you probably done. You've had you've had videos that have reached hundred. You, one, have you done anything over a million yet? Is anything? Nothing over a million. Two hundred fifty is the max. Is the maximum, right? So two hundred and fifty thousand views, which is a lot. Um, but your very first videos, you know, was there a handful? Because um, I'm thinking there's people out there that go, there is two people watching my Instagram live here, or you know, twenty six people watch my YouTube video. Uh, there's probably no point doing this. Were you there as well? And and is that like kind of just the route that you need to go through? Oh yeah, like when I, so I did the forest video and then I did 100 vlogs, 100 days. We're talking like an average 20, 30, 40 views in those. Yeah. Nobody watched them, yeah. nobody cared, nobody engaged with them. Yeah. But I was in the mindset then of, this is a process for me to go through to get better, Yeah. not to get the engagement. Absolutely. Um, 
almost earning your stripes that way. Yeah, and, and there's still time, like even to this day where I've got almost 10,000 followers on Instagram, I did a live the other day just for the crack and got know, like 16 people on it or something. Yeah. It's not a huge amount, but it's a like... It's about those 16 people, not necessarily you. Yeah, it's yeah. Ex- exactly that. None of this stuff is about us. Yeah. It's about the people that we're trying to help. And um, the the views, although they're important, they're not. If if you're creating content now, and you do it for the next forty years of your business career, there's no way in that forty years that you're going to be unsuccessful. Yeah. Because you're going to learn things over the years. You're going to get better. You're you'll slowly build an audience, and so I know not. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes it is disheartening when you put your effort into something and it flops. But I know that I'm playing the long-term game here. And if I create video content for 40 years... Yeah, it's going, to, it's going to change over yeah. time. And it's going to be cool to look back on. Oh, without a doubt. I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. So maybe on uh, at the Prime, but uh, the Steve Aoki documentary. No, I haven't. It's amazing. I mean, not only an amazing DJ, but the, the, the business sort of acumen of the guy is unbelievable. But he talks about in it, he's very first. Now, bear in mind, he's, you know, he's been able to done one of these crazy ones in Brazil where there's like so many hundred thousand people mm. that he's, you know, watching him. But he talks about on it how he's like first gig and they used to do it in a house and there was like three of them there. And that's now technically or arguably one of the biggest DJs in the world yeah. making tens of millions a year. And yet his first gig only maybe a decade or maybe a couple of decades ago was to like four people in a house yeah. uh, and, and now where he is now so it's almost like you have to go through that oh you do it's to, like, to, to then get the real success it's like the tax that you yeah, have to pay absolutely it's speaking speaking gigs terrible at, yeah. at first but you get better over time yeah you can only get better at it through the exposure of actually doing it yeah so and actually it's a good point is most people don't reap the rewards of doing it because they're they can't get over that initial hurdle yeah um, that's a shame they do talk about that actually there's probably so many great speakers out there great great sort of uh, content creators out there people that had a lot of knowledge and just never ever shared it yeah like probably the best YouTuber in the world could have or could have been isn't because yeah. they're too nervous to yeah. put their first video out yeah it's, it's quite a common problem but as on that there um, personal brand so are you conscious because obviously you're building a business and you could build your business to an extent, without putting yourself out there, maybe maybe it'd be harder in the kind of line of work you're in. But for me, having a legal firm, for example, financial service, I don't really need a personal brand to grow that right now. I can grow it in, 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 in a behind-the-scenes way. But how essential is it now to have... I mean, everyone's got a personal brand, but how is important is it to grow your personal brand and actively have an interest like you're trying to grow your sales or you know hire staff I mean how, how important is it and, and how are you doing it I just think it's so important I think whether you are self-employed or you're employed in any in any industry space there's always a select few people that get all the opportunities yeah the speaking gigs the big consulting contracts yeah and those are generally speaking the people that are most known and if you're someone you might be the best speaker in the world but if no one knows that you're the best speaker in the world, no one knows you, you're not going to get the best speaking gigs. Yeah. Similarly with Facebook ads, you're not going to get the biggest consulting contracts if nobody knows that you're a Facebook ads person. Yeah. So from an, and let's take an employed 
point of view as well. If you are the best project manager in the world, but you don't post anything, no one knows that. Yeah. Other than your current boss. Absolutely. When you could be headhunted for the biggest and most senior job of your life, yeah. Exactly. So I just think anyone, everyone should be building a personal brand right now, and it should be. Um, and I think it probably will be eventually. Well, but I was going to say, how long before, like, just the, the admin, if I'm going to hire someone and I'm going to go on, like, I need a really good assistant now. Who is the best assistant? You know, in the Glasgow area, and you know, before I go on and start, you know, not going on to a job recruitment. I'm not interested in him now. But and there's, you know, a he or she who's out there talking about the very best personal assistant, top five tips to be the best. You know, when do you think that's going to become a thing? If it's not already, it might be already. I don't but, think it is right now, but yeah. I think it will. Be, I don't know when. But if we look at ten years, maybe. Yeah. If we, I think we're very ahead of the curve on that perspective. Yeah. I mean, if we look at some of big firms in the states, GoDaddy, massive hosting firm, yeah. they have a head of personal brand, and it's his job um, to work with the employees of GoDaddy wow. on building their personal brands, getting them on stages, getting them to make video content, getting them to create their own blog, and what is the thought behind that for them? I, is it just attention for GoDaddy right now? Or? Well, I think if I think if I if I look at my own consumer behaviour on something as small as Twitter, I don't follow brands or yeah. logos. Yeah. I only follow people. Yes. And I think that is a universal thing that happens. Is people prefer to connect with people. And GoDaddy, what's more powerful? GoDaddy telling me that I should use the software, platform, whatever, or Steve, who speaks on stage, doesn't mention GoDaddy, and then afterwards I speak to him and he goes, yeah, I work for GoDaddy, you should actually check it out. Yeah. Like, GoDaddy know if they have 10,000 employees, and those 10,000 employees have an audience of 10,000 people each, that is so much more powerful than GoDaddy having 10,000 followers or whatever, and telling people to use their service. Yeah. Because it's that... Human to human connection. Yeah, it makes sense when you break it down that way, doesn't it? I've always thought that you know, there's a lot of people making vlogs, and then you've got the great people who are doing it, the well known, your Casey's and Gary V's and you know, Grant Cardo, and it's all in the kind of business space. But can you imagine if like a Nike or Adidas, you know, started doing a week of Paul Pogba or something like that? You know, what some of these superstar yeah. athletes, the kind of engagement that we get on that yeah. would be instead of just a general ad. Uh, just some form of yeah totally uh, it's something that we've done a little bit of work on is working with um, sports people yeah if we take an average Scottish footballer out with the old firm an Aberdeen player let's say probably earns two grand a week something like that good wage but not enough to live on once you retire at 30 yeah so they normally go get a job after that yeah if that footballer was to build their personal brand whilst they have the attention of the, let's say, Aberdeen support, so playing in front of 10,000, 15,000 people a week, plus a wider support, and built a brand on, I don't know, clothing brand, nutrition, I don't know, whatever, personal trainer, you take that, make advantage of that attention that you've got, that's then your job when you leave. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the other opportunities that that can bring to the table while you're still playing. Yeah, like Paul Pogba, Ronaldo, they go for this amount of money because their personal brand yeah. will bring in that revenue in shirt sales. Yeah. So people go nuts about the cost of footballers these days, but it's because they bring that yeah, yeah, yeah. to the table. It's actually not really much to do with how good they perform on the pitch. Yeah. It's a commercial reason. Absolutely. And the same goes for every single business owner, but just at a smaller, smaller scale. Like. Yeah. Your, the bigger your personal brand the more deals you're going to get the more opportunities you're going to get yeah is there any sort of ways that you know if you if you took time to think about your personal brand like actually have a meeting with even yourself and where you've right how can I improve oh, who is my target audience how do I grow have you took the time to actually do that and should you know does it you, you, you can't do it by mistake can you or, or no, maybe you can I don't know but should you literally plan it out um, I think it comes down, I think your personal brand almost comes down to your content strategy. So your content is your brand. And if you're not putting content out, people don't know who you are. Unless you've got some other like academic academia that makes yeah. a lot of this famous or whatever, I don't know. So yeah, oftentimes I'll be looking at my content, what's working, what's not working, how can we improve it, how can we... How can we make this better? You're looking at the different platforms, what's specifically working on different platforms. So like using captions on videos, for example, as a small thing, is something that you yeah. want to start doing when, when you realize it's important. So, But should, should somebody that, let's say, like, in fact, prime example, you here just now, business owner, online platform, it, just a, a wisdom of knowledge when it comes to this space, social media, uh, digital media, personal branding, uh, funnels, should somebody like see yourself go, right, clearly, you know, we get maybe 600, 1,000 sort of listens in this podcast, I'm going to actively go out and contact 20 podcasts, get on five of them, uh, I'm going to contact, just shamelessly contact and say I'll come and do a speaking gig for free yep. you know, should we just if you've got I mean if you've got a desire to be out there and in the public obviously and grow your personal brand that is but I think a lot of the people that listen to us I mean I like to see them at one particular event that we do over in Glasgow and they all want to grow this space they, they, they're all educated enough and, and aware that this is important for them mm-hmm. But sometimes things hold them back and they're not like, but should they just be shamelessly going out and just pitching oh, themselves? Yeah, yeah. totally. So yeah. I, I do it and I've done it. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many podcasts I've been on now, probably 50 plus. Yeah. I don't know how many have come to me and how many I've gone to them. Yes. But it's probably pretty even. Yeah. Um, a lot of podcasts have, so you don't have to do it shamelessly, have like applications to be on the yes, show. Yes, of course. Same with a lot of events. Yeah. You can apply to speak at the event. So just go and do it. Yeah. Hire a virtual assistant to go find events that are relevant to your audience and, yeah. and go and apply for them. Um, so yeah, all, and looking at people that are in a similar space, similar audience, try and ask them if we can collab. Yeah. All these, I mean, it's maybe slightly different from where I am, where in the marketing space, but if you are um, like an influence, oh, let's say you're a nutrition brand, yeah. reaching out to influencers, people with fitness audiences and ask give them free stuff yes and they'll they'll post it well Gary have you done that recently didn't with these shoes and his wine yeah. and, and these type of things that way they are just hand them out to these people yeah like in, term, in terms of shamelessly reaching out to people just do it all the time 
yeah, yeah. he's in phone so sometimes it can be a little bit like that won't they they'll do for anything for free or for money I mean that's how they make their money that's what they've got to do I suppose is, is, is help promote other people and other products okay well what, what made you summarise Gavin because I'm conscious of the time now um, we, we go back to funnels right just if we can take the three main po- points or three main things that I'm a company um, I'm looking to build a funnel well we've all got a funnel as you said but I'm looking to improve my funnel I'm looking to how many people and what are the kind of three main things that I need to be thinking about conscious of yeah first of all you need to be tracking yeah so you need some way I don't really care what it is some way to track for example people coming to the website people inquiring and what's the conversion rate there a lot of people listening probably aren't even ready to start thinking about running a ton of Facebook ads to a funnel so we want to think about what do we do before so it's Let's put con- well, first of all, tracking in place. Second point is your content strategy. Yeah. So, like I said before, list all the questions you're asked. I'm, I'm pretty certain most people will be able to answer to take 52. Yeah. If they can't, supplement it with problems that you know your customers face. Um, what And ask yourself, what might they Google to find your service? So, who's the best legal firm in Scotland, for example? You're going to come up with 52, relatively easy. There's your content strategy for the year, one blog a week or one video a week. There we go. Um, and then third, I would say is like literally just be consistent. If you've got those titles, we know they're gonna be good. Just put them out consistently. Yeah. And the best way to do that would be create a video for each blog and then pay someone or do it yourself to transcribe that video into a blog post. Yeah. So you've then got 52 topics, but 104 yep. pieces of content. Yeah. 52 blogs, 52 videos. Yeah. And in a year, your website's going to go from however much traffic you've got now to oh. a hell of a lot more. Yeah. And you're going to have a YouTube channel and you're going to have an active presence on Facebook and Instagram because you can post the videos on all these different platforms as well. Yeah. So it's the basics. Like I could sit and talk about the very technical elements of Facebook ads, but they don't matter yeah, unless yeah. you've got the fundamentals yeah. in place. It's like a lot of things. Gavin, thanks very much on that. Tell tell everybody where can we if you know, where can we learn more about you? Where will we online and yeah, where will we find you? Yeah, you, Mr. Gavin Bell, everywhere. Any platform, mrgavinbell.com. And uh, Instagram's probably the best, so pop a Pop a DM on Instagram and more than yeah. happy to help. Is that slide into your DMs? Slide into the DMs. Slide into yeah. the DMs, you'll get Gavin. Well, Gavin, thanks again for joining us at Weekly Business Talk. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So there you have it. Gavin Bell sharing some wisdom, knowledge and expertise on personal branding, how to make social media content. Um, one of the ones that... So what I like to obviously pick up on some... Uh, some points that I'm going to take away and I'm going to start implementing and, and, and one thing I've never done is kind of had a long term plan for the personal branding side of it so it's simple thinking of things that people want to know listing them out on a piece of paper up in a whiteboard and not letting yourself out the room before you write so many articles on those subjects you're having a strategy in place 
in the diary, committing to them, where not only can you research, but you can actually write and create the content. So nice and simple, nothing fancy. Uh, having that mix of um, entertaining and educational informative videos, again, another good one. And just some of the basic fundamentals of actually creating a funnel. Uh, so lots to take away. I, I know I've got a whole lot of notes about how I'm going to implement it in our business. Uh, really interesting if you can all reach out and let us know what you liked about it, what you're going to try, or what probably best is what are the problems that you face and we can see if we can get Gavin to do a little Q&A as well off the back of this there to help you all out. So there you have it, Gavin Bell, talking about Facebook ads and building funnels in the personal branding space. Uh, I hope you all joined it. I hope you found a ton of value uh, and we'll speak to you next time.